What is going on, everyone? I am Mike. Welcome back to Network Podcast. It's good to see you. It's been a minute. I am joined by my co-host, Holden DePardo. Holden, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing very good. We are on the cusp of everything we've been waiting for all year long with Apple, so it's exciting. We are on the cusp of California streaming Apple's event Next week, Tuesday, I think it's going to be a good one. iPhone 13, a lot of things that they're, uh, you know, I think the rumor mills are kind of chock full of what they plan to have there. So first, you know, the big dog, everyone's talking iPhone 13. Now the iPhone 13 to me, there's some new colors, right? And I'm all about that rose gold color. I don't know about you, but I like rose gold and supposedly there's matte black as well, but we have the iPhone that's going to come in, you know, the same four, same four kind of different variants that we have today. The iPhone, iPhone mini, the iPhone pro iPhone Pro Max. And it looks like, like last year, they are keeping some features that are Pro Max specific to differentiate them between the Pro and the Pro Max. New this year's supposedly is 120 hertz refresh display, along with the directional thinking that, that we're going to get always on notifications or always on display for when you are, uh, you know, when you're not interacting with your phone directly. I'm excited about that. What are the features that maybe have kind of stood out to you that you are looking forward to and what could be the next iPhone 13? Definitely what you mentioned there, the ProMotion and it'll be really the variable refresh rate screen itself because yeah. like you were kind of saying that will allow for maybe some stuff in the lock screen without having to unlock your phone. Like it'll just kind of show the time or something like that. Like I would like to see that kind of stuff. I think that would look really good. When I had a yeah. Pixel 2 back in a few years ago now, that's one feature I liked a lot about it is just kind of being able to look at it. And there was the time there was maybe the weather right there for me. So that was nice. And I'm curious if they would open that up to third party, although this is Apple we're talking about. So I'd imagine it'd be pretty simplistic at first. And then over time, maybe it'll expand as more iPhone models end up having the feature over time. Um, but I'm excited for that, but also just ProMotion. I do actually have like a really dumb fear, though, with the ProMotion display is I feel like like the retina display. I don't have an iPad that has ProMotion, so I'll have only an iPhone that has ProMotion, and then my Mac won't have it, my iPad won't have it, my watch won't have it, and I feel like my other devices will be quote-unquote inferior, even though it's, you know, it's just one feature. It's the, enough to make you want to upgrade, or the, what they think is enough to make you upgrade your iPhone to get that kind of feature parity across your devices. You know, yeah. a, a good question, or at least maybe not a good question, a, a logical question to me is... You know, you're bringing promotion to the iPhone. Many iPads that have promotion also have the Apple Pencil. Do we think mm -hmm. that maybe we could see the Apple Pencil? There are rumors about a new Apple Pencil that's coming out. I don't know. I, th I think that is interesting, at least, that, you know, the idea of having this small, small notebook size phone with you that you could write notes on it. And all the work that they've done with notes this year, maybe it lays the groundwork. You know, they're always like a year behind, so to speak, where they talk about laying the mm -hmm. features out and then actually implementing them for customers. I don't know. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I feel like Apple Pencil has been, it feels like it's been talked about a lot for iPhone. I think it's because people really, really want that feature. I think mm -hmm. that there would be some obstacles that you'd have to overcome that I think are totally possible for them to overcome, like handwriting on an iPhone and then having that translate to look good on an iPad. So it's not like, an iPhone sized, like yeah. little, like handwritten note. But I think with machine learning nowadays, they could probably have ways of analyzing the words that are there, how large letters are you're writing and space it out accordingly. I feel like they should be able to do that. So I would like to see that, but I don't, I hope it's not tied to just the promotion phones though. Cause I think there's kind of been talk about only the pro models having promotion and the regular mm. one might not. If that's the case, it'd be a little weird to have. Apple Pencil only work on the Pro models, especially when with iPad, it works across the whole spectrum now, regardless of if it has that that higher refresh rate screen. So if it comes, I want it to come to everything. 
that'd be nice. Now, what I don't know, or help me remember, the iPad Air 4, it supports the Apple Pencil 2, but does it have promotion? No, no right? it doesn't. And my iPad, I have an iPad Air 3, that doesn't have promotion either, and that still has the the Apple Pencil. Yeah, I, I thought maybe there was some type of coupling between the Apple Pencil 2 and maybe having promotion, but you've just kind of eliminated that. So I don't know. You're, it's a really good point. I hope they would be able to bring whatever new Apple Pencil, have it for the iPhone to the rest of the models. I think that would make sense. It would be very kind of strange to write on the mini because it's so small, but who yeah. knows? Yeah. When people like to, even like with notebooks and pens, people have those little small, like, you know, reporter journals, if you will, like they flip them over. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. Although when, when Apple introduced the Apple Pencil to begin with, they did pitch it alongside ProMotion. Um, yeah. They were very much synonymous, you know, at, at, at that time. Uh, and I wonder whether they do that with iPhone or not. I'm curious. We'll see. I am curious as well. Now, I, you know, I talked about just a few minutes ago. The colors look really just, I love rose gold. I, I just think back to in I think it was the iPhone 6s, if I'm not mistaken, when the first rose gold uh, iPhone came out. I'm like, oh, I love this so much. My wife's like, what's wrong with you? Why would you buy a gold phone? <laughs> I'm like, don't shit on my phone. I love this color. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Now, the rumor that they're supposed to be making a matte black version as well, if that does come to be, I'm going to have a hard time figuring out which one I want to buy. Any uh, any kind yeah. of preference there that you have? I would probably go for the matte black at this point. I used to go for the white iPhones when it was white all the way around. But yes. I want that uniform color on my phone. So I, I don't want to have like a white phone with the, with the black front, too. I think they would look kind of, I don't know. I want the same color all the way around. Even if it's like blue yeah. or something like that, I just want the same blue all the way around. But that's not how they're operating anymore. So I think I would just go for all black. Because right now I have the blue iPhone XR yeah. with the not blue front. <laughs> so, yeah. which I get. I understand why they have to do it that way. So, yeah, I probably would just get a black one if I were to get one. But I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm going to get one yet. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think this might be the first year where, I, where if I didn't have to buy one, I, I don't think that I would. I really like my iPhone 13. I'm like, is it 13? Yeah, th- my iPhone right now, the Pro Max. I, I dropped it the other day. That's why it's in a case now. But um, <laughs> it's not too bad. But I don't know if I would actually buy one. There are a couple features where I'm interested in it, but I don't think it's going to be enough for me to buy one other than to review it. The things that interest me are usually are a little bit more um, where they the features are coming to all the phones. Like, you know, the there's Pro, what do they, they call the photo feature? Not Pro, Pro Raw. Last Pro year Raw, was the yeah. camera feature. Now, supposedly it's going to have Pro Res for video where you'll be able to capture Raw video, which this should be good. There's some astrophotography features that are coming to that as well. So I am excited at least hopeful, maybe. That's probably the better way of ex- explaining it. Yeah, that definitely would be a good direction for them to go in for sure. And th- that's the thing about, you know, the iPhones every year is they always put such good advancements in the camera technology that, I mean, I personally don't take photographs very often, but for people who do take photographs, who do take video a lot, they do add some really compelling features every year to make you want to go up. And ProRes would seem like a really good step. Although, man, I would struggle to get a lower storage option with raw 4k video on a yeah on a phone how would that work and that's even the next part where there are supposedly adding larger storage configurations to the iphone so i think it's 128 256 and 112 i'm sorry 112 and one terabyte as a storage options it seems a little strange that they're ditching uh, i guess getting rid of 512 where i think it's kind of a happy medium for a lot of people and going right to one terabyte but who knows well i guess we'll only know on tuesday yeah I think that there's a little bit of like where 
when you read these news articles like on the, the rumor blogs where people are jaded like oh i'm not buying the iphone 13 this year where the majority of people don't <laughs> even buy the you know they don't upgrade every year very small kind of fraction of a fraction people upgrade every year i mean there's no way that everyone does it that's just not realistic now i know you're using the iphone 10r and i talked mm-hmm. about using the iphone 13 how i don't think i was going to upgrade and, and you are maybe kind of on the fence if i would characterize it that way what features would you look for to upgrade is it is it battery life is it screen what do you look for promotion would be compelling to me but here's the thing is i still have about a i think i've like a little bit less than a year of apple care left so i'm not like feeling oh. pressured and that kind of stuff and I kind of was to kind of your point earlier of like people being like, oh, I'm not going to buy the new iPhone this year. I always find that funny because like if you like iPhones, the, the, the new iPhone never sucks. It's never going to be a worse phone than what you have right now. It's always going to be better for me. Like I won't get the next iPhone like hypothetically, like I won't get the next iPhone just because I love my current phone too much and I still get so much use out of it to feel like I need to go up. And I think I'm still at that point, but um, I think promotions would make it tough for me. Yeah. Now, if I were to think of a feature that would be like a almost automatic, I have to have it, if they figured out a way to use Face ID in landscape mode, like, you know, today you can't use it yeah. if you're lying in bed. <laughs> you always have to flip your phone. You feel like a goof and then it falls on your face accidentally. At least that's just me. Um, but if, if they figured out a way to have Face ID work like it does on the iPad and you're looking at it like this and you don't have to turn it, that might be an automatic buy for me because that would be sweet. If ProRes... This might seem like a weird connection, but if ProRes is real, and that is happening this time, I can totally see them on stage going, and now you can jump right into those landscape videos even faster by having landscape face ID, and they'll make like a little like thing out of that. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, the invite is of a kind of a lake scene, and you see like there's this blurry background, and then in the center where the Apple logo is, it gets a little bit clearer, like there's clarity to it. Supposedly, there's an astrophotography feature coming where they'll be able to... You know, use your phone to take astrophotography and it'll do time lapses or whatever. That is interesting. Unfortunately, I live somewhere where there's a lot of light pollution. So it wouldn't do me any good. <laughs> it's like a cool feature to demo on stage, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much use I would get out of it or maybe even kind of real world. But there's still at least there's magic in the way that they deliver the event. And I kind of have been trying to stay away from the rumors as much as possible. I don't know what else I could look for. At this point where I'd be like, oh, my God, I have to have that feature other than the face ID feature, which is I just I complain about it all the time. Hey, iPad can do it. Why can't iPhone do it? Like, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Come on. It doesn't make any sense. And rose gold. I have to go back to rose gold. Uh, we know <laughs> that you, <laughs> the iPhone does not or should not have USB-C. It's going to stay with lightning. There's some maybe reshuffling of the ports that they have on here where it's not going to have as many uh, many speakers that they have. So maybe some miniaturization of components in here. And a larger battery. Now, one of the other rumors that I've seen is that there is supposedly a new MagSafe charging kind of function where you're going to get faster wireless charging than you're getting today. Also, there was some accessories that just went through the FCC for testing and validation where that kind of points to that. Now, I don't need wireless charging, like faster wireless charging. I don't, I don't go anywhere necessarily. My phone is always <laughs> in a cradle charging more or less. I don't know. Like, I think that's a nice to have. Like if you're upgrading from an older iPhone, maybe you're coming from an iPhone 10 or an iPhone 10s, maybe even an iPhone 8. But I don't know many people who are going to say, I have to have that faster wireless charging, damn it. It's going to be great for me. It's, it's going to change <laughs> everything. Yeah, I have wireless charging, but for me, that's more of the... 
I have it on my desk or I have it like upstairs in my room by like my nightstand. I just plop it down when I go to bed at night. I don't, I'm not thinking about speed when I'm doing wireless charging, but I still have my fast charger around where it's like, oh, I'm at 20%. I'm heading out, you know, I'm heading out the door for the day in like 15 minutes. Let me get some quick charge in it. Wireless isn't really a consideration for me there at all. So I, I wouldn't be like compelled by it, but it's one of those like feature checklist things that I kind of feel like is popular nowadays. So, and it's not gimmicky, so I can see Apple still, you know, going into that, but it wouldn't compel me. I'd really like to see them push the ecosystem forward from a MagSafe perspective, because we haven't seen, you know, we talked about this before, really the plethora of MagSafe accessories that we thought we were going to see last year from third parties and even from Apple, we, it just hasn't come to fruition, uh, bad pun. I'd love to see something, <laughs> you know... <laughs> That's a good pun, actually. That was really good. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, you can't even today, if you want to use your phone in with a MagSafe, like a car holder, that car holder itself doesn't charge, or if it does, it doesn't do fast charging. It does kind of the default 7.5 watt charging, which I think is kind of lame. I want to see Apple open it up more and get more kind of meaningful accessories in uh, out there from third parties. Yeah, I feel like MagSafe has not been... Uh, has not been as robust as I would have expected after last year. They made a really big deal out of MagSafe last year. Yeah, they did. And it's not bad. It's good, but it's it definitely doesn't have the scope. It doesn't have the breadth of accessories that you would think it would. But maybe it's going to roll like HomeKit, where it's going to take them several years to kind of get the ball rolling. They're just kind of put, they're putting it out there for third parties now, and hopefully uh, there's some kind of better support for it. Yeah. What other features are we talking about coming to the iPhone? So no changes in the display size. Again, we talked about that it's supposed to have the 120 hertz. Now, I think there is a decrease in the edges around the display. So it should be almost, I guess, edge to edge where you have or I have, you know, a little ring around the display. What's the word I'm looking for? Bezel? There you go. Thank you. Totally brain fart. No worries. So the, the bezel around the display should be getting smaller and also the touch ID components should be getting smaller as well, where it's not taking up as much space. But like after the first 10 seconds of using the phone, I kind of forget about it. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I don't even see the bezel anymore. Yeah, I agree. I used to be one of those people when the iPhone 10 was first announced. I'm like, oh my God, that notch, how terrible. I'll never buy an iPhone with a notch. And then now that I have an iPhone 10 I'm like, I don't even think about it. It, it doesn't bother me. I prefer not to have a notch, obviously, but it doesn't bother me at all that it's there anymore. Exactly. Like it, it's, I think the notch is it's a means to an end because you're like it's frictionless using the phone right like you look, pick it up you unlock it like you swipe up and it just works now like some of the rumors are saying where there might be an advancements in how face id works and you're getting you know you don't have necessarily have to open it or have an apple watch to unlock it when you have a mask on but i think so that would be great but how they do that kind of spatial geometry on your face with a mask on i have no idea i suppose that's probably more computational on the processor side than it is on the capture side of the image sensor. Who knows? But that would be cool. I'd like to see that because I did leave the house the other day without my Apple Watch by mistake. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was wearing my mask and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to type in this complex password. I'm like, this is first (laughs) world problems for sure. I'm like, oh, my God. Because, you know, when you have a complex password, you got to, you know, you probably have to use two hands because it's alphanumeric. First world problems. Um, (laughs) Speaking of the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch is kind of what's really drawing my attention. I don't know about you because I know you you also bought a new Apple Watch last year, but the Series 7 looks kind of interesting. And we've, you know, we've talked about it in the past where this flat edge design, which is really being adopted, obviously, throughout all the products, 
should make, I think, the Apple Watch Series 7 a little bit, I guess, nicer of interaction because of the increase in the amount of pixels. You know, it's about 16% increase edge to edge of the new casing sizes. So it's 45 and 41, if I'm not mistaken, opposed to 40 and 44. So that is exciting. I don't know. Are you at a place where you're at, you feel limited by how you use your Apple Watch? No, I don't feel limited at all. I have a, I'm actually rolling on my sleeves to show it off for a second. I have, so I have the Space Black Stainless Steel Series 5. I never felt compelled to get the Series 6. I, oh, I thought you bought it. Okay. No, no. I I mean, the um, render display sounds nice and all that, but mm-hmm. the main thing is that I wanted this color specifically, where when the original Apple Watch came came out, they had that, the space black version, It was, but you could only get it with the, the all black stainless steel link bracelet. And it was like, what, like 1300 bucks? And I'm like, there's no way I'm spending that much money on an Apple Watch, like a first generation one. There's like, no way. But I've always wanted that style. And then it came out the Series 5. So I got it there. And they didn't have it last year. And I hope that they bring it this year. But with the design change coming, and this may be the first time I've ever really thought this, but I usually get very compelled by the design changes. But I love my Apple Watch design so much because it's like this little pebble. Yeah. Like, especially this the the Black Series like 5. Like, it just it's a little pebble. It looks kind of cool. I'm not as sold on the renders for the Series 7. But, so I'm, here's a double-edged sword here though, but at the same time, larger display, and the rumor is larger display with new watch faces to support more complications and different layouts. I'm like, damn, that is like the feature I would want from an Apple Watch. But if I can't get the the color and the aesthetic that I've liked an Apple Watch before, I would, I don't know, I'd, I'd be kind of caught there. So I don't know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what, what comes of this. Yeah, you know, I like the, so the idea of the flatter, you know, the flat casing with the, I guess with a larger size is appealing, though I don't necessarily think that I have um, any limitation with the amount of data I have on my watch today. Like I don't yeah. like, oh, wow, I wish, I wish I could do that. Like I, I can't see why, like the to me, the complications aren't, they're not engaging where I'm like, oh, I have to use this right now. Otherwise it's just, it, it doesn't give that kind of, that good interaction. I think that this size is really good. The health features for me are, well, I should be more healthy, but it seems like it's not really like the blood glucose. That seems like it'd be a useful feature, but I'm not at a point in my life where I would have to have that. If there was some kind of more meaningful like fall detection or I don't know, any kind of like health features right now, I don't need that. But the, I guess it's the casing that would probably drive me as long as I can use my same Apple watch bands if I have to change them. Hell have no fury like a person who has to throw away their watch bands or sell them, whatever the case is. I don't want to do that. I genuinely do not think that that we'll have to change the watch bands. I can't think of any reason why they would make you do that. The only thing I can. can, Yeah, the only thing I can think of is if they had some sort of like smart watch bands where they added some sort of additional functionality to some degree, like, you know, batteries built into the bands or something like that. Like there's. There needs to be something physically connecting to the watch. They have to redesign it, but they could do that, I think, and still have it be compatible with the old one. So I, I, I just fail to see where they'd have to have to do that. But it's a natural fear that a lot of people have, considering Apple's reputation with some of this stuff. Well, they've kind of yeah, they painted themselves into a corner, right? Because they're they're used to discontinuing, you know, directly speaking, the size of the phone like every two years, and now they have this point where like, they can't change because people are buying watch bands all mm-hmm. the time. So I would be interested to see what happens there again. Uh, maybe if they introduced like a larger size, you know, we might have talked about this before where, you know, they, they retain 
you know, two models where that you're using the same watch bands from previous years, but they introduce maybe a third size that's bigger and you would have to get a different watch, you know, different watch bands for that. But still, I think that would make people pretty pissed. I'm pretty sure. Actually. Yeah, that example, I think, would be more understanding for sure. Because it's a different, yeah. it'd be like, it'd be like right now, if you said, hey, want to what, I've been using the smaller 40 millimeter option, but I really want to go to the 44, like you would run into that problem nowadays anyway. Yeah, it's true. So I think that'd be, that'd be fine. Uh, but you're right. Like people would still be upset about it because. Yeah. It'd be like uh, the internet. We call it like Bandgate, right? Or something kind of like that. Yeah. Bandgate. <laughs> Bandgate. That would get, that'd get confusing because Bendgate and Bandgate is literally one letter off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds very similar. Bad it sounds gate. very similar, yeah. Bake, you're holding it wrong. No, that's the wrong thing I should be saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if we're thinking about the Apple Watch, now all their new devices for 2020, 2020 and 2021 support 5G, right? So you, you have the 5G iPhones that came out last year. You have the new LTE, or sorry, 5G iPad Pro. So supposedly the thinking is that they're going to also launch a new iPad 8. Uh, that iPad 8? iPad 9. Forget that. It's actually an iPad 9. New iPad. Um, yeah. A new, it's, it's a new basic iPad, the 329 model. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if they'd be able to keep, you know, 5G in there at that price point, whether that's, you know, that's possible or not. Who knows? But the question, I, I think, is there any value to consumers putting 5G in a watch? And I think the answer is no, because it's voice only. But like, what type of applications are you going to get on your Apple Watch seller model that need to have 5G? I don't know about you, but my, I barely use my Apple watch without my iPhone present. And I don't really even need it. I think for having, you know, when I'm walking around without my iPhone, that's like kind of a not realistic use case for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, I mean, I have a stainless steel Apple watch, so I, I have the opportunity at any point I want to, to just pay the extra, what, like 10 bucks and, and do cellular I have never even thought about doing it. I keep thinking like, uh, it would be nice to like go out and like without my phone, but I'm thinking if I go without my phone, I want to go without my phone. my phone. Yeah. So I don't want to be strapped to it. Like I just want to track my activity still. That's it. So I haven't really felt compelled to, but I'm sure at some point I'll cave, but it's not, it's not something I think about a whole lot. Me either. It's, it's more of a, like an afterthought where I'm like, Oh, maybe I could not use my iPhone with me today. I'm like, no, that really wouldn't work. But it, it, yeah. it, it is easier with, you know, the introduction and the, you know, of AirPods and all the different wireless headsets that automatically connect to it. Even when, you know, if I go for a walk and I want to use, you know, I'm maybe doing the time to walk, there's still, a, I want to have something maybe to look at or do something else while I am in using my iPhone, I guess, while I'm walking. So I feel like the use case is not very well kind of fleshed out at this moment. Yes. And even if you are using cellular on an Apple Watch, I can't imagine what you would need the speeds of 5G for anyway. And the battery considerations like cellular battery life on Apple Watch is already kind of not awesome, which is another reason why I don't want to use it. And 5G would be even worse, like way worse. Presumably, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would think that there's no 5G coming to the Apple Watch, at least at, at least with the current understanding of what the use cases are. Maybe they're going to do something crazy, like they're going to bring video to your Apple Watch, but I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> they're going to bring the camera. Yeah. You build the you camera know, the, into Yeah, it, right into the watch. Someone did that where they had a, they brought, built a prototype of the a camera inside of the watch band, but that just seems yeah. like goofy. Like, how do you hold your wrist like that? Yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone ever actually used that. I did, Um. oh God, I think it was last week, I stumbled across the first Galaxy Gear commercial. Do you remember this? Yes, it was a awful. It was like the whole like they're at a ski resort and like 
two guys are just in this one girl, and, but she goes after the guy who has the smart watch because he's so much cooler and he can like take photos of her while they're like skiing down the mountain because he has watch there. And it's just like it was so it was so cringy and, and terrible. And I'm thinking like I'm watching that going, oh yeah, that's right. There was a time where people thought that we'd be taking pictures on her. On our wrists, like how impractical is that? It's ridiculous. Oh my god, it's so impractical. I don't remember that commercial, but that is like I could just see the people putting it together. Like, yeah, let's let's put let's make the in the commercial. Let's have the guy take photos right on his wrist because that seems realistic. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like a bunch of yes men (laughs) sitting around. Yeah, even in the ad, it's unbelievably cringy because like this guy just met this girl on the ski lift. And he's yeah. like just started a conversation with her, and then like he's following her down the mountain, like taking photos on his watch. It's like they were advertising to use the watch for like, the creepiest purposes possible. It was so weird. I'll have to send it weird. to you. I really couldn't believe how bad it was looking back at the ad again. Yeah, it sounds kind of weird. It was really weird. Yeah, I guess maybe what I would do, thinking about like where else could they take the watch? I mean, the watch isn't really the focus of next week's event. I think it's a side story, but. You know, last year they introduced it, they introduced not family sharing, but family watch setup where, you know, you could set up a watch for someone. I'd be interested to know where they think that where they're going to put the product this year or how they're going to advance that because there are a lot of people who I know where you, you know, they want to have an Apple watch for a friend or family member. They don't have an iPhone. Maybe they'll take it to the one more step where you do it with a different device, like a non iOS device. I'm just saying that would be kind of crazy. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to do that for a while. I think earlier um, I've talked about just making Apple Watch an independent fitness device mm-hmm. and it connects to Wi-Fi, it uploads to the cloud your health data and then you can access that maybe through a web portal or something like that even. And then when you get an iPhone, you can then just unlock all the other features with the watch. But yeah. I think that would be I think that could really open it up. A lot of people I know just use their Apple Watch as just a fitness device. They don't turn on the lights in their home. They don't make phone calls or get text messages or they don't use those aspects of it. They just Hmm. use it as a fitness device. And I think that if they could position the iPhone SE that way, that could be huge. Yeah, that could be huge. In addition to, you know, we're talking about cellular and 5G, one of the other features that was said to be coming to the iPhone to kind of pulls back a little bit is the ability to connect it to satellite networks, low orbit, LOE, low, sorry, LEO, low earth orbit satellites for emergency communication. That is an interesting idea. I'm really interested to see what their story is and how they pitch it in the keynote. Like, what's their use case and how, and who's the real world example? Because they will definitely have to use a real world example for this to oh, make yeah, it absolutely. more impactful and and like tangible to people. Like, oh wow, like yeah, I, I that, that to me is just super interesting. The first time I heard about that rumor, it was like almost pitched in the rumor as a uh, like, oh, this will prompt in the super cycle upgrade, kind of like how. 4G or like adding 5G will create like a super cycle for for iPhones and like that'll do this again and then the rumor kind of like took a more grounded approach and it's like well it's actually just limited to phone calls and text messages for emergency purposes only and then like I heard it pulled back even a little bit further than that to being like well not voice calls yet just for text messages but it'll be like less than 160 characters no more than that it's like really specifically just for emergency um, situations so i feel like 
it's an awesome, awesome feature. I'm very curious where it goes, but I feel like it will be a little bit smaller than what the rumors are suggesting, but still a really important feature though. Like if you are lost in the middle of the woods and you don't have a 5G or 4G or 3G signal and you need to let someone know that you need help for whatever reason, like that is huge. That is useful. There are times just where I'm driving and I get a really terrible signal. And if my car were to break down, I would like to know that I can just message to get help. So it's, it's definitely a nice feature for sure. It is a nice feature. I, what I kind of pictured it as thinking about kind of old, like old standards with traditional telephony networks, many carriers supported like TTY, where you're using a, an adaptive device on your phone to communicate with someone who might have some type of speech or uh, communication problem, for lack of a better word. Well, when you migrated from like circuit switch networks to, to IP based networks, all that went from all that went to what they call real time real time chat or real time chat services, and there's not too many people where I think today not too many carriers that support that. And I'm wondering if this is Apple kind of leading the way to support that on the device uh, that carriers will have to implement. That's the one thing that I thought of. But because if it is text only. That seems very kind of narrowly focused, like you uh, you mentioned in the rumor, kind of kind of reset expectations on what it would look like. That to me sounds like it would be a kind of a good application of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Anything else that we want to add about? I guess the iPhone. We talked about the iPhone 13, uh, the new Apple Watch. I guess maybe we want, we'll talk about in you know what else we should see there. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um. Uh. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to. Oh, if you had an neural introduction, sorry. I, I just said there's only one other thing I think will definitely be there. Sure. Go ahead. And that's that is uh, I think we're finally going to see those MacBook Pros. I feel like it's time. You think it's time? I think it's time. Yeah, it's like delay. It's, it feel like it's and again, I'm believing rumors here, but like it feels like it's been pushed out throughout the entire summer. And now it's like, oh, manufacturing is like beginning. I think it did already apparently begin or is it like about to begin. And I can see them doing like the announcement and then saying, hey, in a month it'll be available like starting you know november 2021 like it'll be available i can see them or sorry october 2021 i can see them doing yeah. that in in this event i think it's it's time do you think it, it does it fit here or do you think it fits like last year we, when we did um you know they had the iphone event the iphone and apple watch in september and then they had another event like literally three weeks later where they talked about you know the new where they basically introduced everyone to apple silicon for the first time and then I think that they might have came out two weeks later or three weeks later. I don't know. Like I, when you think about like what they're going to launch at the events, if they were going to launch, you know, new Macs, I don't know if, if history, you know, agrees with that putting iPhones and new Macs in the same event because the iPhones are bread and butter. Plus, I think they'd want to. It's not not a different audience, but it's like a different. You're using a different narrative. Like they, it's it's almost like they want to tell a story about people who are being creative with their devices. And this is mm-hmm. how creators or creators, people who use these devices, what they're doing with it. I, I just don't know. It certainly is possible. I, I'm just saying I don't know. That's yeah, no, I think I think it's definitely fair to bring up last year because last year they did this like three events, like all within like, you know, well, not within a month of each other, but a month separating each one. And yeah. I feel like in that case, they had a lot more stuff to announce. So I feel like if they don't do the max here. And it's it, for all it sounds like these Macs are going to be a big deal. This is a complete refresh of the MacBook Pro lineup. It sounds like with mm-hmm. the 14, 16 inch models. I feel like if they don't do it here, will they really have their own event for just those Macs and, you know, an announcement of Monterey releasing in October? Because it is possible that Monterey comes out after 
iOS 15. That's usually kind of how it's, that's played out um, in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time seeing them do a Mac-only event after the iPhone event. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it, it would be too little for one event. Yeah. So not to, I guess, shift to a, what could be a future event. If they were doing a fall event, something that was not iPhone focused, I would think that we would see refreshes to the uh, Mac mini, right? So you would see new Mac mini, you would see an, from a from a processor perspective, because I don't think the MacBook Pro is going to have the M1X. I think it's going to be like the M2 or the M2X, only because it's been a year. And it's at this point, if you introduce something, you have to wait another year to refresh those. So I think we would see possibly a new Mac mini, maybe a Mac mini Pro, new MacBooks, right? With updated processors, because at this point, they are a year old and, and people are certainly constrained by the current you know architecture and what they can achieve with those devices. And that goes along with telling the story of macOS Monterey, because I think it is significant and what they're bringing into uh, Monterey this year. Plus, they do want to introduce SharePlay. And we know SharePlay won't be on screen or won't, at least I believe that SharePlay will not be, you know, kind of heavily talked about this event. It will come out later this fall, like they said. So I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll take a gentleman's bet with you. <laughs> no, I think you're actually making uh, some good points there. Um, I had kind of forgotten about, I guess it doesn't feel like it's been that long since the MacBook Air and the um, Mac Minis came out with the M1 chips. Yeah. But it really, yeah, it has been a year now. Almost, right? Yeah, It'll be a year in November. Yeah. So one of the other things like where I think it's strange, with kind of like, say the, the writing on the wall, you know, there are features inside from like the HomePod mini and the HomePod where it, it feels like to me that there's something else that they're kind of like on the cusp of talking about, mm-hmm. whether it's like some of the features with SharePlay and some of the features with home audio, where it just seems like to me, like they're, I think they're going to announce something else. So I guess we'll see though. I will say, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That's, that's the core. Uh, but let's let's go back to the iPhone and, and what we have there with the iPhone event. So we have new software. So, you know, we've been beta testing. We've been guinea pigs all summer long using iOS 15, iPadOS 15. So we should see release dates that kind of coincide with new hardware coming out shortly thereafter, which is exciting. We also have the watchOS and tvOS and all those new things. What one of the other features that they talked about on stage was the introduction of HomeKit keys, I think they're calling it, where you can get keys for your iPhone and it's stored in wallet, but they never talked about hardware that's going to work with. So there's a lot of rumors going around whether it's actually going to be supported by third parties or if Apple's doing it first with, you know, maybe they're bringing out their own accessory. So who knows about that one? Because there's really nothing at all talking about HomeKit keys and how it's going to work. Yeah. I would love if Apple made a, like a door lock. I would love that because every door lock you buy, it feels like it's the ugliest piece of equipment in your house. Yeah. None of them are pleasant looking. No, no, none of them are pleasant looking. And they're all kind of like cobbled together. Like even the one that I bought last year for my house from Schlage, it's a good, it's a physical lock is really good, but the, the UI or the interface, the software that app we work with, like I'm always saying, is there an upgrade, like an update for the app? Like I can get kind of some kind of new feature. Nope. Nothing like that. I'm going to check right now, but I'm pretty sure that August doesn't even have a home screen widget. They still only have a Today View widget. Yeah. To add on top of that, you know, there's Apple talked about how their new um, consortium, like the, the um, what's the name of their consortium? I think it's called Matter, if I'm not mistaken, where it's, it's Apple, Google, Amazon, and a few other players are there kind of setting standards around home-based automation and, you know, framework for that. 
they said that that's that will not launch at the iPhone event. So that to me sounds like well you're you're pointing somewhere you're pointing somewhere else and Apple I think would make some kind of it's not a press event where you're talking about these new accessories that they're launching with, you know, in partner partnership with these other companies. At least to me. We also probably will see these new AirPods. I mean, it's been 2 years. Oh yeah, that's right. Long. It's yeah. been 2 years since the the AirPods Pro launched. I'm just coming at the point where my batteries are starting to suck. I'm like, you know it's coming, don't you? You're trying to get me to buy something. <laughs> and, you know, uh, on another point, Apple did talk about in the past where they were going to bring high fidelity, you know, the high fidelity music streaming to AirPods Max. And they said that would be enabled with a future software event in the quote unquote in the fall. But they've never, ta- you know, obviously this might be the place where you would see it, but who knows? That would make sense. But I think the AirPods are probably uh, the next thing that, you know, we would see at this event next month or sorry, next week, next month. Wow. <laughs> Any thoughts there? Anything else you want to add? I totally forgot about the AirPods, but yeah, you're right. It's it's uh, it's totally time. Now you're talking like AirPods, the standard ones, not the pros. I'm talking about AirPods. To me, that the rumors point to AirPods, right? Because the mm-hmm. AirPod 2 are March of 2019, if I'm not mistaken, that they've been around like that long. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not working already on AirPods Pro 2 or whatever you want to call them. Like with this introduction of the new uh, you know i talked about the magsafe charger that they're that that uh went through the fcc you would think that they're gonna if they're gonna launch a new charger that has some kind of new magsafe capabilities that they're gonna have to launch accessories that support you know this yeah. new charging capability so i don't know maybe we'll finally see the apple watch be able to charge off the back of an iphone or sorry the apple airpods sorry charging off the back of an iphone Maybe yeah. we'll finally see that that would be nice i'd like to see that you know, we talk about, you know, it's been a year since they introduced Apple One. Apple One, is that what it's called? Apple Premier One yep. or Apple, right? Apple and One, yeah. Then Premier is like one of the tiers. That, thank you. Yeah, that, that's right. I'm going to beat on this drum again, Holden. I think maybe we'd see Apple Arcade Plus. I'm actually kind of, I'm partial to it, but because it's, it's something <laughs> I hold on to. But, you know, there's, there is some, I guess maybe kind of not where there's smoke, there's fire, but there is pointing to where they would do some type of service like this. I don't know. Is there anything from your perspective that, you know, if you think about, let's take away the construct of the event itself that you would like to see Apple announce that you've been other than the MacBook Pro, right? Because, you know, you uh, you said that just a minute ago. Anything that you'd like to see? Something I want to see, but I don't think we'll see it at this event. But I'll say you've, you've swayed me on the Mac event later on. And if yes. they do that... <laughs> If they do that second event, they have historically in the past been like, hey, next year we're going to do something. We're giving you a preview. They did that with Apple Watch. They did that with Mac Pro. They'll do this occasionally. And I think this product would warrant that. And that is these, not the AR glasses, but the VR AR like headset contraption. Mixed reality. Like I've kind of said before, like, you know, they, they need to start getting AR development tools with dedicated devices for it. So I don't think it'll be a big consumer device, which is why I think they would also be, able to be willing to talk about this ahead yeah. of time. But if they did like a Mac event later on and then introduce that as if they're one more thing, I think that could be really interesting and really big. I don't expect to see this time around at the at the iPhone event, though. Like now that you, you've you've actually really framed my, reframed my understanding of this, because like I do think that if the Apple Watch is as big of an update as it, it seems to be and the iPhone is just always a big update because it's the iPhone, it's their, always their biggest product. That is one event in and of itself. They can throw the AirPods in there, too, to talk about how the new AirPods interface with MagSafe, as you put it. Like, that sounds like a complete event to me. That sounds like it covers. Yeah. And then iOS 15 release, all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. So the things they're going to beat the drums on, right? So they're going to talk about like security, like, you know, here's where from privacy, this is what that means to us, all that stuff, which, you know, they normally do where I don't think where they're hard pressed for time because we haven't seen like that slew of press releases the week before, like they've done in the past, um, you know, where they usually have like, oh, we're releasing yeah. this new product. We talked about the iPad. So I do think that that 75 to 90 minute time frame is pretty well accounted for in what we've kind of went through from a list perspective in today's video, today's yeah. podcast. If you add MacBooks in there, I, I think that's, they. you know, there's this feeling to me when I talk to people who I know there, they're like that the Mac is so kind of ingrained in who they are as people or as a company that they mm-hmm. love talking about it and they want to spend time on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with this one, which is, it's a bigger deal, Mac. This is not a traditional update where it's just faster processor moving on. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to have a supposedly a redesign where there's like mm-hmm. a billion ports in it, whatever the case is. <laughs> and they love to do those like the history of Mac since the Power Mac back in the early 90s, introduce the trackball and then like moving yeah. forward. Yeah, exactly. Do that whole thing. They'll they'll do that again. They have to. It's just it's just what they do. It's just what they do. That's that's how they. That's their storytelling uh, mechanism. Yep. I guess other than that, you know, the only other things that where I've kind of thought about where there there's this new time time to walk and time to meditate. If, if I think I have it right for Apple Fitness. Sorry, time to run and audio meditations for Apple Watch. And you know, we we saw it in the keynote. Sorry, the keynote in WWC where they talked about the importance of mindfulness. You know, they even put mindful alerts inside of watchOS 8, if, I'm not, if I have the number right. So maybe they're going to be doubling down in, 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 on that in some way. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know what else I would see them adding there. I would like to see that, uh, like a, a meditation audio on Apple Watch. I think that'd be nice because a lot of these like Headspace apps Mm-hmm. Uh, like require a, like a subscription and I'm like, it just seems like such a huge investment when I really just want something pretty basic and not that like in depth. And I know I can go to YouTube and get some videos from there, but then like the autoplay is on and I'm in the middle of meditation and all of a sudden I'm hearing about like the rumors for the next Animal Crossing update and I'm like, that's not helping me meditate right now. So I would like to kind of keep that to, uh, you know, to its own little area on the Apple Watch and that'd be kind of a good place for it. Especially now that it's the mindfulness app. It's not even yeah. the Breathe app anymore. Yeah, I will tell you that I love Headspace. So it's just me. me. I Every night I fall asleep and I, I put my AirPods in. I turn on noise cancellation and I fall asleep to like listening to like stories, you know, like sleep casts. It's amazing. It, it helps me sleep every night because I'm someone who trouble, has trouble falling asleep all the time. So if you ever have the chance to use it, I suggest it. But it, it works great in my opinion. I'm a firm believer Sometimes I wake up and my AirPods are like kind of wedged in my ear. I'm like, oh, but then other than that, it's fine. I yeah, I've, I would like to try it, but I've always had a hard time with like, hey, I wasn't putting down Headspace. So I wasn't thinking it was a bad service. It was just like, I would like to get involved in that kind of stuff. But it always seems it's like, oof, like, I don't even know if that would like work for me. And to kind of commit to like subscriptions seems heavy. I don't know, but I will take your yeah. recommendation. You might want to check like if you, if you have any credit cards, like my wife got her credit card, gave her 50% off as a credit on her credit card for Calm, which is another app, which is like mm-hmm. that. It's like Headspace. So FYI, not sponsored by Calm or by any credit card company, just, you know, FYI. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that we covered a lot of the rumors for next week. I don't know if there's anything else I would add. Yeah, no, I, no, don't, I don't think so. so. I think they're going to be pretty straightforward events. I don't think we should expect any like 
super crazy, here's the future of Apple surprises. Except for mixed reality glasses. Well, except for that. But I I wasn't like putting so much weight into that, but it would have been cool. It would have been cool. It would have been cool. Yeah, I I gotcha. So I think if if I were thinking, if I was ranking what would be most important to me, I would say, obviously, new Apple Watch 1, iPhone 2, AirPods are way down there. I would like to see, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I don't need another pair because I have way too many pair of headphones as it is. I'd like to see that the idea of that Apple home keys or iPhone wallet, whatever they call it there, that to me is uh, is probably up there just below the Apple Watch because that to me is important. I'd love to see something like that. I, I geek out over home automation. That's pretty cool. Yeah. One thing that we didn't talk about, and this just hit me right now, is will it actually be called iPhone 13 or it will be a 12S? Oh, gosh. It, it's got to be 13. You think so? Well, I mean, I think it's got to be 13 only from a from like a perceptions, like an optic standpoint. Like it, it would seem not regressive, but every other phone, like, you know, think about the Samsung, the Fold, like the Fold, the S20 or the, um, what do they call it? The Galaxy devices. They've advanced their their naming conventions for the past several years, I think if they were to go back to this, you know, S cycle, which they haven't done in a while, right? The iPhone, I guess, XS is probably the only one, which is now four years old. Am I mistaken? Twenty. It's twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Well, last year twenty twenty was the twelve. Uh, twenty nineteen then was the elevens. So yeah, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay, so that's just my thoughts. What do you think, and and what's your logic behind it? I don't know. I, I generally don't know. But I was I was kind of thinking about that because there was iPhone 6, 6S, and they did 7, and then went to 8 immediately after that, even though 8 and 7 largely shared the same design, minus aluminum back versus glass back. And then they didn't do 9 at all. They went to 10, and they did 10S, then 11, then 12. So it's like they've kind of not really held a consistent pattern on that for the past few years, but they are very willing to to just jump number to number. But because of like the missing nine and 10S was still a thing and seven, eight, and then I don't know, it's been all over the place. So I'm, I'm curious because I kind of think there is something in when there's a new number, it's because it's a new, a new design or something like largely different about it. Whereas it sounds like these ones are going to be more iterative. Hmm. So I think S would make sense. I guess it's a really good point that you're, that you're bringing out here. So what was the, what was the big... I guess the salient differences between the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 12. The design, the design one. Yeah, the design. Yep. I guess the design, the introduction of the mini, the camera system, right? I guess the camera system is new from, it's, it's significantly better. The um, ceramic coating on the glass, I think is also kind of a big deal. Ceramic coating. I can see Johnny I'm saying <laughs> that. Ceramic coating. <laughs> Whereas like, a te- I think 11 existed because what are you going to do? 10 SS? Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do after 10 S? They kind of had to go to 11. So I don't know. Hmm. You know, most, I guess I have not seen, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I guess I haven't seen anyone saying, you know, that they would stick with adding the S moniker mm-hmm. to it. But I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I'm not saying definitively either way or not. I just, I don't know. Cause I, you know, following Apple rumors for as long as, as I have, like there's there's always been like after the iPhone 4, it's like, oh, Apple's going to introduce the iPhone 5. And then they did the iPhone 5S. And then the iPhone 5 was introduced. It's like, ooh, the 6 is coming soon. And it's like, no, that was the 5S. So there's kind of this like almost as like a rumor habit of like always calling the next iPhone just the next number iteration as opposed to hmm. 
the TikToking method that Apple used to use, but it doesn't use quite as much anymore. And so, so it, I'm all over the place with that. I don't have a definitive answer. I'm just just I'm just asking the question. I'm wondering if that that naming convention is a relic of the old kind of like the Phil Schiller like leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, because obviously the the design language has, has certainly changed since Johnny has transitioned out, or maybe not has had such great influence over the design. So maybe this is the case, or that's the case with this. You know, there's some internal kind of leftover cruft from, you know, people who thought that TikTok would be the way to go. And now they're moving a different way. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I would just prefer iPhone. I just think that I'd really just want them to go to just iPhone. I get that probably might be harder since they have older models they keep around. But if you just refer to it as iPhone, the 2018 version, iPhone, the 2019 version, the 2020 version, 2021, and so on and so forth. I don't think that would be that confusing for people. So the the question which we haven't talked about now that they're bringing so the new iPhone and what you know happens every year they bring out a new iPhone and then they they sunset one model, right? And then they kind of drive the prices down. So if they bring out the iPhone, the iPhone 13, they usually keep, you know, the iPhone the basic iPhone from the previous year, which would be the iPhone 12. They have the iPhone SE, they have the iPhone 10R, but do they yeah, I guess do they keep that lineup, or do they kind of intru- they put the you know they just kind of move everything down a slot on the product page? I think it'll just move down a slot on the product page. I, I feel that's okay. they'll stick with that. I don't know where that is. iPhone SE they'll keep around regardless, but um, 10R is at the bottom now. It is okay. Yes, yeah, so they'll probably be gone. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. That would probably be gone. You know, the other thing we didn't talk about where I think other accessories. Like other accessories, they kind of like the the semi annual refresh of you know iPhone cases, Apple Watch bands, you know iPad front covers, like all that stuff that they refresh. But what's really surprising that they haven't got big or they haven't as big into AirPod or AirTag cases, maybe as much as I thought they would be. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a, there's maybe a handful of different colors, but maybe they'll do seasonal that. things for that. Like like they do with Apple Watch bands and and the Apple uh, the uh, and the iPhone cases, maybe they'll do um yeah, maybe they'll do seasonal yeah. cases for that. So on their page, they have which iPhone is right for you: the 12 Pro, 12 iPhone SE, and iPhone 11. They don't even include the iPhone 10R in the comparison matrix, but they do have it on the he- <laughs> on the uh, the header on the top. Interesting. Yeah. Poor iPhone 10R. What a great phone. Poor iPhone 10R. Well, I mean, yeah. We'll see. Anything else that you want to talk about today, Mr. Holden? I think that uh, covers it. We, we got uh, we got a lot in there. We did certainly did get a lot in there. Okay. Well, Holden, where can everyone find you at? I am on the just wonderful site, twitter.com at Holden Depardo. It's a fantastic website. Everyone should check it out. Oh, okay. A little sarcasm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoops. So Holden is on Twitter at Holden Depardo, right? Yep. Holden. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining me, Holden. I look forward to seeing what Apple, I guess, announces on Tuesday. And everyone, thanks very much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next one. See ya.